Well, where do we start with that one? A sombre atmosphere on today's Baggies broadcast as we discuss what went on at Bramall Lane last night. And we'll answer your questions. Let's just discuss Albion's situation on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast. My name is Johnny Jury, as you can tell by my voice in that intro that the atmosphere is low on this week's recording. I'm sure it was low on the coaches on the way home last night and in the cars as well. I'm alongside Albion, uh, the ENS's Albion correspondent, Lewis Cox. Coxie, we both look tired. We both look fed up. There's not much more to say, really, is there? Good afternoon, Johnny. Hope you're well, mate. Um... Yeah, hope hope the uh, hope the listeners are in decent spirits despite you know another you know what was obviously a tough night and uh, yeah it was wasn't 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 the most fun was it for us but um, you know likewise for those however many Albion fans travelled up to Yorkshire what was it a thousand probably a little bit more um, yeah just just uh, just fading out isn't it the the season yet the table kind of you know like, like some sort of horror serial killers in a, in a horror film kind of just keeps you sort of just hanging on there like sort of thinking that there's you know still um still hoping a chance when you look at the maths and see two points but um but yeah i mean who knows so I'm, I'm i know you're in a in a in a dour mood mate so i'm gonna try and be a, a little bit you know a, a, a level or two up from yourself but um yeah we're we're getting towards the the end aren't we and uh can't see can't see too much hope left yeah there doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be much hope but we'll discuss Sheffield United although we are quite down we'll uh we'll take it seriously and we'll stay professional we'll discuss Sheffield United we've got your questions as well and of course this is your second baggage broadcast of the week so it'll be a bite-sized one it's a half an hour long episode um so we'll start with well, I was going to do alternative Albion because we didn't do it on Tuesday, but I just don't know where to start, really. I just think the overall situation of Albion's crawling towards the line is probably what's annoying everyone. So we'll just go straight on to Sheffield United and Coxie. It felt like an evening where Albion would have to upset the odds, but it was just a case of, I want to touch on that lack of quality. and I've, I sat here and Myself and your predecessor, Joe Massey, uh, towards the end of last season, were sort of talking about why Albion was so bad towards the end of last season. Well, all last season, really. And we said, are these players good enough? After, when Bruce had taken Albion to the foot of the table earlier in the season, we said that we don't think they're good enough. And they sort of changed our minds after Corbrand came in and got a tune out of them. But we're, we're, we're here again for the third time in the space of 12 months asking, asking the same question. And it's just... Are they good enough? You go through that team and you look at individuals and, you know, the goalkeeper's young. You know, of that back four, you know, one's played a lot of Premier League games. Three of them have won a promotion to the Premier League. You look in the midfield, one's played in La Liga, you know, and he's played in the Premier League with Albion. Jason Malumbi, you know, relatively young, you know, hasn't got any of them things to his CV. Jed Wallace has been arguably one of the best attacking players in the Championship in recent years. So has John Swift. You know, you've got Mark Albright, a Premier League winner. You know, the younger guys, you can maybe sort of forgive them. Brandon Thomas, Asante and Taylor Gardner, Hickman. But you look at that on paper, you know, without knowing what Albion have done this season. And you look and you think, oh, that's quite a good team. But then when you've watched Albion and you've seen what's happened at Sages this season, and certainly in the last few months, you have to question whether these players are actually good enough. And they have actually got the quality to, to do anything. Because that's what shone through for me last night. Yeah, I mean, we um, we did a brief video from Bramall Lane, didn't we, after the game and touched on something that I know we've spoken on, on several pods and just talk about the quality in terms of a squad, you know, and a squad that it's a squad that you need to maybe not challenge, but certainly win promotion, isn't it? You need a squad. And I would argue that yeah, if, if, if you're going to have a season as a whole with a manager like Corbyn's proved to, to, to do well, then I would argue that Albion have a, a side, an 11, and a couple from the bench who could who have enough who are who are good enough and who would get them there however we we haven't seen you know there, there have been obviously 
key players out and missing, and that's been a factor. But you can't, you know, it's, it's not an excuse. That's when the rest of the squad, the the backups, the um, the, the squad players have to come in and stand up. And I'm not I'm not hanging it all on the squad players who have come in and not been good enough or not been deemed ready or, or whatever. Um, because at times, you know, of late and obviously earlier in the season, that the first choice boys didn't, you know, didn't pull up any trees either, did they? However, the the, the strength and depth or well, a lack of has just been found wanting, really. And for me, when you, you when you can't replace your key players lost with players that can come in and do a job or, you know, relied on in any sort of consistency, then you, you're going to come come a cropper, aren't you? And, and, and let's be fair, I mean, you know, Albion have trip, uh, tripping up over to the line again. We're talking about pressure. Can they handle it? It seems like none of the playoff contenders can handle it, doesn't it, really? And, and that says a lot about the quality of the division this season, does it? You know, potentially hard for me to comment, having not covered, you know, a full season in this division before. But look at the low numbers. I mean, we're talking about getting to 69 points and having that as a potential opportunity. Now, I've had a bit of a research this morning. That's happened once since the championship has been the championship and once since the late 80s, 69 points. So it shouldn't happen. It, it most likely won't. And uh, you can out be and go and win these final two games. Um, you know, big ask. But yeah, the, the, the squad as a whole that hasn't and doesn't have enough for me. And that's that's a big part of it, I think. Yeah, it is a, it is a big part of it. I just, you know, we know that they did well in the first half last night. It was a case of missed... Missed chances, but taking the moments, isn't it? Making taking, moments. yeah, and they're not like it's not like Albion have had masses of moments in games this season. Games have been really, really, really tight. Um, and yeah, Sheffield United had a good side. Look, just a question for you, Coxie, in terms of yeah, Albion have had injuries, and you can't you can't ignore that. But do you think Albion would be would be comfortable in the playoffs if those players weren't injured? Um, do you know? What? I'm not sure if they would. So we're talking about obviously Phillips, Dean Garner, O'Shea out for the season, aren't they? And, and certainly Phillips and O'Shea. Uh, and you've had you've missed DK at the start, and obviously DK now. Yeah, and and well, obviously Palmer for a couple of months, and then you mm. you know for for a while you Christian and Malumbi were out, but only briefly. Do you know what, Johnny? I, I think I think yes, I do. Um, I think you know O'Shea has had a. a a big season for me, a very good season. You know, he's, he's consistency level. Didn't miss a minute, Johnny. You know, in the championship, yeah. how difficult is that to do? You know, players don't do it, outfield players, typically. Um, and, and he was, you know, beyond the physical performances, a big, big part of the, you know, leader with the right attitude and all of that side of it, motivator. Um, so so him, but but maybe even more so Phillips. Is it any coincidence? Like, we, we remember the Chesterfield Cup games, don't we? And obviously the replay was the game he got injured as not maybe not so much a turning point, but consistency's gone since then, hasn't it? From from the flying form before that. And a common denominator, you know, probably a little bit of a coincidence in there. And not all down to him, but a common denominator is no Phillips. And yeah, he didn't, you know, score bag loads of goals or assists by he just judging by the numbers and that fact, he he must have bought something for the team, you know, the work rate, the um willingness to to charge up and down the flank and stuff like that I think he's been a I think what the the months and fixtures and results have told us is that he's been a key loss Phillips and you know then Dean Garner goes down a little while later and and you know he, he left you know Albrighton obviously hasn't worked has it and now we've had Grant in for a little bit and it's not no, no sort of out output there so I think it's been a big loss and it shouldn't be should should have players you know able to come in and and cope with that you know old Brighton should have obviously done more should have been a good sign and shouldn't it on the face of it um Carlin Grant should be able to do more um obviously Dean Garner's unlucky with the injury but yeah I think those couple of players I think the keeper you know Josh Griffiths done great didn't he I, I you know I don't have bad words to say about how Griffiths did as a young young kid but I, I don't think we can underestimate how good Alex Palmer has, has been and how important to the side he was and how much he was missed in about three months. I think he'd have earned Albion a, a few more points. And, you know, on the basis of that, Johnny, really, that's that's all it is, isn't it? Still, somehow, that's all the gap is. Um, so I do think those absent players would have, you know, snuck Albion over the line. But but I don't think it, you know, I don't, I don't think we'd have been talking about a convincing 
you know, a push to Borough and Luton. I think it still would have been this scrap we've, we're seeing. Yeah. Do you think Albion looks spent now? You know, we, on the face of it, you know, it's two points off, you know, with, with two games to play. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility. And, you know, being an Albion fan my whole life, I firmly believe Albion will beat Norwich on Saturday and everyone else will lose and we'll go into Swansea with that hope again. But because that's just how things happen when you're a Baggies fan. But do you think they're spent now? You look at like, even I thought Brandon Thomas and Sunday looked done last night. I think he looks tired. Um, you know, Jed Wallace has sort of ran out of steam. You know, OK, Cushley looked like he was like 50% fit last night. He didn't look at the races. Um, and we just look yeah nervy, leggy. Yeah. Do you think it's... It's done. Yeah, probably emotionally as well. Probably, yeah, you know, with, with with the the mental side of it as well as you know, it it, it has been a season of you know sort of crazy downs and ups and downs and ups, hasn't it? Really, um, quite a hard one to to do a big summary of that we we will no doubt be doing in the coming weeks to uh, at more detail and a greater length. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, Johnny. Look, you know, they've had Sunderland and Sheffield United here. Let's let's be fair, two difficult fixtures. Um, and th- uh, maybe the frustrating thing, I agree with you about looking looking spent, looking tired. The players you mentioned there, I, I do agree. Um, and it's no surprise, Jed Wallace has started every single league game this season. And, you know, credit to him because for most of it, he's been important and he's been the best attacking outlet. But yeah, perhaps it's understandable he looks sort of jaded. And obviously, yukusli has been injured. Thomas Asante... You know, with the DK injury, he's the only striker, isn't he? He's the only senior striker. That's that's so much on his shoulders. And he's looked spent in the two games for me. Um, and, and the frustrating thing is, despite that, you know, lead against Sunderland, start second half well, could have extended the lead. It, it could and, you know, could have, would have, should have. We don't really care about could have, would have, should have. But it could, it could have gone, you know, otherwise, couldn't it? And, um, and, and last night, Albion should lead. They should take the lead. They should take their moment. Grant that header, you know, two minutes in, then you know they might have had a penalty. But you go into the second half and you think, well, all right, if we if if Albion can't win it, just take a point, you know, get get your point and keep it a little yeah. bit more in your hands. What well, that that would have made the gap one point, wouldn't it? Going going to Saturday and and we'd have I think we'd have yeah been more upbeat, bit more hope and stuff, um, and obviously. Yeah, what happens with Taylor Gardner Hickman happens. Yeah, awful error for him. Awful moment that hopefully he'll be able to come back stronger from and grow from. That's what Carlos Corbran has said. But it's it's another example of just a decisive moment that Albion can't take at one end and gift at the other end. Um, you know, makes such hard work of taking their moments on goal and puts them on a on a silver platter for the opposition. Frustrating, but that's just the way it's gone, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just going to touch on one more point before we just go on to your questions because we've got a few that are quite sort of lengthy and we'll discuss. I think it's a case of when 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 Sheffield United scored last night, the first thing I thought was Albion aren't going to get back into this. I can't yeah. see anyone grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck. I can't see that happening. And and I think and I was talking actually talking to Andy Johnson in the press room about it after. And what we don't have is leaders. We don't have anyone who can fire into someone um, and get a, and grab a game by the scruff of the neck and just. You, you know, lead aside, and and I think if you look back through, um, the champ, the successful Albion Championship teams of all, they've always had that. They've had flair, which at times Albion can show. They can show it at times because we've seen it, but there just seems to be no lack of leaders, no one who can sort of get in there and and and, and do the dirty work and and dig in. And you go right back. You look at the Slavin Village team wasn't too many in there really but they just had so much quality in terms of Pereira and Dean Garner was on fire you go back prior to that I think the last promotion season before that would have been under Roberto Di Matteo and there was players in there who would battle Gonzalo Yara was in that team of people like that who would battle and fight and prior to that Paul Robinson and the likes who would put a foot in and, and smash people and drag the team forward and get people going and obviously they had really good flair players but I just think that there's just a severe lack of leadership and if Alvin don't go up, and uh, you know I'm not a manager, and like you, you, we see it on social media, don't we? People questioning Corbrand's tactics, and Corbrand should do this, and Corbrand should do that. We can give an opinion on it, but it, do, it carries no weight because we're not a professional football manager, or we're not a head of recruitment, or we're not, we don't work at the club, but we haven't worked in football in that sense. But for me, I would, if I was in the summer, and this all depends on the financial constraints, and obviously in a perfect world, but I'd go out and I'd 
Albion need players, not I don't want to say run-of-the-mill championship players, but they need players, who, I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but say a player who's finished mid-table in the championship, but who's got fight and desire and, and, and are leaders to their build a team around, because I don't yeah. think Albion have done that for a few years. And that, that goes off on a tangent to another question about recruitment and the recruitment not being correct. But I think that's what Albion need to sort of to try and do because, you know, we just haven't got them. I'd say the one in there is Malumbi, maybe, and Yukushlu. Like Malumbi more than anything. You know, we saw even last night, he was sort of everywhere. I know his passing is questionable at times, but, you know, at least he's got a bit of that fire in his belly. But it just doesn't look like some of them have. Um, and whether they I, I don't know. It's just they need to. Another thing I want to mention as well. And I don't know what you think, Cox. I think there needs to be a mentality shift this summer. You know, if it if it doesn't turn around in the next two games, because we're not completely writing it off. You can't when you're two points behind. But there needs to be a mentality shift. West Brom aren't a dominant championship team anymore. We're not a dominant championship club. We're not going to be a dominant championship club because we're not going to pay, be able to pay massive wages because of the financial situation. We're not going to be a dominant financial uh, championship club because we're not going to have one of the best squads. We haven't got yeah. one of the best squads now. And I think we just need to realise that. And a lot of it's probably my generation. You know, For me, I think being subjective and be, having to be more subjective in the job that we're in, I think we, we maybe our eyes are more open to it. But I think you know, the last two seasons have been anomalies for my generation watching Albion. You know, I remember the start of, you know, my first sort of memory of Albion was when they lost in the playoffs and the Megs and then went up the season after. So since then, it's either been promotion, relegation or mid-table in the Premier League. So we've had we've had it pretty good. And I think now there just needs to be that. Meant- and there are older generations who, who maybe expect a bit too much from Albion because we have, well, not expect too much, but Albion should, be, should have been competing at the top this season, really. We all thought at the start of the season, but... I think there needs to be a bit of that mentality shift now that we're not going to be one of the big hitters in the championship. We're not going to be favourites for promotion. You know, pundits will still put West Brom as one of the top sides because of who we are. But I think I think that might help things as well. Just not and you say lowering expectations, and it seems like you're just happy to settle for a crap finish. But I think we just need to realise where we are. Yeah, bit of bit of realism as well, and that's like no detriment to any individual or anything because. We we should we're, we're you know we're West Brom. No one's got any divine right to win anything, but given our recent history, we we should be competing at the top end of the championship. But given the circumstances and everything that's happened now, I think we just need to be a bit more realistic this yeah. this summer. Uh, I think I, I think agree. there needs to be a re- big mentality shift. Yeah, I don't disagree with a lot of that, mate. Really, I mean, you're right. You know, at this point, we don't know how the squad's going to look when we enter next season, but you're right you know it's it's not going to be among the best squads on paper in the championship is it teams coming down from the prem others still with parachute money who've got got the funds got the investment um and success will we say only come via carlos corban or whichever manager that can that can build it and work it and you know not perform a miracle but but make it happen not have it happen because you've got the best players um, but but build something tactically, formation, style, uh, mentality, resilience, all of that um, has to come from whoever's in charge because, you know, this isn't going to be, um, well, this isn't, and it certainly isn't going to be moving forward a, a championship Galactico squad, is it? It's just, it can't be. There's, you know, funds aren't there and they're certainly not going to be there moving from the summer. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a good point about the mentality shift and it's a good point about the generations and stuff, really, Johnny. I mean, you and I are the same age, um, and and sort of Albion fans of our era have been probably spoiled, haven't they? Really, what what was it? The seven eight consecutive seasons in the in the top flight. Um, yeah, eight, I think, yeah. Pretty, pretty stable uh, for for a lot of those. You know, no top pushing, top offs, not no real fears or pressures or stuff like that. But you also make a good point about older older generations. You know, and some will be listening here that who's you know saw and lived through the glory days. Um, so there's there's a there's a balance isn't there? There's a mix, you know. There's a, there's a generation in between what early nineties, mid nineties. Well, a lot of the nineties actually that had some right, uh, yeah, did had some some bad forgettable days, didn't they? And, and difficult times, third tier and stuff. So in terms of the football, it's not down there, but you know the the uncertainty that everything, the overarching ownership 
you know, financial situation just brings a lot of a lot of fear, understandably. Um, so I, I, you make a good point about that mentality shift, and I think a lot of listeners and supporters, and certainly uh, ones that look on it, as you say, with a uh, eyes open and, and look at it sensibly, will will see that. You know, we'll see the context of where Albion are now, the the ownership, the number of seasons at this level, and how cloth has to be very much cut accordingly um, for where they are. And you know, I have to hang hope on whoever's in charge, you know, Corbran in charge, to um, to make something happen. To to and that can happen, doesn't it? You know, finances and the best players does doesn't mean promotion playoffs does it it absolutely doesn't and Corbran could sign a few gems this summer and make something special happen I'm I can I could see that um however it's not going to be because Albin will be bringing in the best players in the summer it, it just have to be smart recruitment and doing what they can and we don't know at this point what they can do with the finances we don't know how much the, well, the recruitment obviously is going to be dictated by the finances but to what to what level Corbran's hands will be tired tired we don't fully know that yet hopefully that will become clearer um the other point you just quickly made about the, the leadership thing johnny i think you know i think that's a fair shout you make on malumbi um i see that in him but he's a young player you know could be rallying troops on his own not sure o'Shea has it obviously not in the side at the minute but has that has that lead by example i'd say you know he's, he's not a he's not a ranter and raver of a skipper is he O'Shea but he's led by example all season I, I would say and a motivator in that way and and he's missed in that department um yeah the squad otherwise and and you're right to you know comparing it to other promotion winning squads certainly those late naughty squads uh, don't seem to have that fire in the belly is a good phrase for it actually Johnny uh, they kind of look at times not all of them but some of them a lot of resignation like you know, re- resigned to things not happening or not going their way, feeling sorry for themselves. You, you need that, you need that fire, don't you? And you go on about the ideal sort of profile of recruits in the summer and that that championship experience, that experience, that person that's going to get stuck in and and rant and rave maybe and maybe dig people out if they need it. I don't know. Um, you know, recruitment and, and Wallace and Swift being signed last season. And Wallace has a, a bit of it in him, doesn't he? He's got, he's a, a huge personality and, and um, you know, lets his sort of energy do the talking and, and sets that example with his sort of drive and determination. But, you know, he, he and Swift are attackers to make something happen, aren't they? They're not sort of heartbeat of sides. You know, Albrighton and Chalibur coming in, in, the, in the winter, you know, masses of experience between them title winners, promotion winners, FA Cup winners between them. Chalabat obviously he's injured at the moment and hardly played, but has, has he come across in midfield like someone who's going to pull people together and dig people out? Oh, haven't seen that, have we? And and that sort of heartbeat, you're right, I think he will certainly be on Corbrand's radar. You know, how, However he can make it happen with whatever free agent or it's unlikely to be a loan, that sort of player, isn't it? Well, whatever free agent or lo- sort of low-cost signing he, he knows out there, that's certainly something that needs adding to the, the squad. Yeah, I think you're right with that. Right, time for an advert. As always, the Baggies broadcast is brought to you in association with the Catlin Toaster Man. Thank you very much for those guys down there for supporting the podcast. Uh, they've got a range of, of kitchen items, household items down there for very, very good prices. So head along to catlintoasterman.co.uk or if you want to go into the store, they're on Thorns Road over in Briley Hill. Right, time for some questions. We've got a three-pronged three question here from, uh, from Elliot Hughes. Well, it's gone over three tweets anyway. So he said, I've asked it before. I'll ask it again. Just on that point, Baggies fans, we don't ignore your questions. We just can't read them all out because we be here all day because we get quite a few. Um, he said, at what point does Carlos Corbrand start taking responsibility? We saw questionable team selection and even worse subs against Sunderland. We've seen a poor selection and subs tonight. Um, yes, the player's performance should be questioned, but CC is so fixated on keeping possession and playing sideways and backwards, we keep playing ourselves into trouble like tonight. CC needs to realise we are not Man City. We can't play that, that all of the time. Um, if we could, we wouldn't be where we are in the league. These are just the latest of a long, long list of schoolboy tactical errors from CC. We can't keep getting a free pass because of the first 10 games. Right, we'll we'll, we'll dissect that. Um, questionable team selection, even with subs against Sunderland and tonight. So on the subs, 
I think he got it wrong against Sunderland, but his right. hands are tied. Yeah. His hands are tied, and he hasn't got an awful lot there. Do you know what I mean? That's that's that, that's the cut and thrust of it. Team selection wise, I don't think he's really got his selections wrong. The only the only selection, yeah, real okay. real the only real standout selection I think he's got wrong this season is is persisting with playing Wallace down the middle in the early part of the year because it didn't really work. Um, and then I think to the left a bit. I, 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 yeah. yeah. Again, I, I got that, but there was a lot of call for him to be moved back to the right, wasn't there? If you remember when he wasn't on the right. Yeah. And and that's happened for the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, why CC's fixated on keeping possession and playing sideways backwards, keep playing ourselves into trouble? Now, I read this last night, Elliot, and I get your point, and I get some Albion fans' point, but I got really frustrated in the car driving home because what are we now? What, yeah, what are we now? So, surprised me, Justin. So 18 months ago, the start of last season, we, were, we had 10 games under Val. Great. Winning. Brilliant. Two months later, we were all saying it was the worst football we'd seen since Pulis. Long ball, hated it. We need a style and stuff. And now core brands trying to implement it. And, and yeah, Albion can go long sometimes under core brand. Try to implement, implement this style of play. And now some people aren't happy with it. Now I get the opinion when it doesn't work. But when you say they're playing yourselves into trouble, for me last night, Albion put some really good passages of play together. Yeah. They didn't play themselves. Gardner Inkman played himself into trouble. There's no doubt denying that. That was a mistake. However, it wasn't like Sheffield United forced our errors last night or we gifted them possession in dangerous areas. We did it a couple of times early on. But where Albion came unstuck last night, they put a really good move together and then the final pass was was rubbish. The final pass was slack. Not a lot of quality. Not a lot of conviction. So I think Albion have shown at times that he's capable of playing like that. Um, I don't think the style is a bad one, personally. I no, I don't it's, think it's, it is. I... I I totally get Elliot's well, point, but I don't yeah, think it's... it's, 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 it's a, yeah, of course, it's an opinion. And I understand and I imagine there's quite a few supporters that, that share it. Um, it's not uncommon these days, is it? I, I would say. Um, I was going to say, certainly in continental managers, that, where obviously, you know, the style sort of originated, you know, you think of your likes of, of Guardiola and stuff. But yeah, he, British, English managers as well, you know, these days, that that's the that's the... What attractive way of playing at the moment, isn't it? But it's not. I wouldn't say it's also one-dimensional either. I mean, last night we saw you right. You rightly say good passages of play that really got through Sheffield United, that really uh, broke their lines, got got Alvin into the final third, crossing positions. That obviously, not enough options in the box and not good enough cross or pass. But but also in in the moment Sheffield had the ball, we saw Alvin counter quickly, you know, through Wallace or or whoever, Gardner Hickman, Grant, um, li- limited in personnel at the minute, aren't they, in the very front line? Look, you, DK is a player you can knock the ball longer to, and he can try and keep hold of it. He should keep hold of it and make something happen with his style. Not really is Thomas Sante's game, is it? Um, I, do, I, I don't I do think Corbran is it's like a, a one-trick pony, one-style thing. It, it requires patience while Albin are knocking it around across the midfield, across the back line. But it, it's not done for possession stats, is it? It's not done for the sake of it. And yes, you know, pass, 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 pass. And eventually a pass might be misplaced. But it's done to pull, obviously, rivals out of position and to wear rivals down and looking for a lapse in concentration to pounce. It's It's done so it's not a basketball game. You launch it, they launch it, you launch it. It's... It's 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 the head coach's style. Um, it worked very well early on, and yes, inconsistencies since for multitude of reasons you would say. But I, I don't think we'll see his style change. Um, I think uh, a good manager sticks to his principles. Really, I would you know and can adapt. But I think I think we've seen at times a Corbyn side can adapt. Um, yeah, he got got things wrong. This is not a you know a, a strong passionate defence. Um, there have been some games where we haven't quite understood things and he's admitted he's got things wrong. But um, in terms of an overall general ideal style of play, I, I, I don't think we'll see it change much personally. Um, I do think it's relative to opposition as well, Johnny. You know, face two good sides. I mean, Sunderland on on Sunday, Corbran actively warned us in the presser before that Sunderland will have the ball 
they have mm. more than 50 percent of the ball that's how they want to play that's their and that, that's what I've been wanting to do but I think but Sunderland, I don't know, more, more set in their ways, players who are better suited to their system, so they're going to dominate Albion. Better over players. It. I think, yeah, yeah, well, bottom line, better, better players, yeah. Less experience, but better players. and um, That's where Albion need to grow, isn't it? And and again, this summer, you know, when, when Albion is recruiting, we talk about Corbyn wanting this, this experienced leader and all of that. He has to want players that, that he knows can work in the way he wants to play. That's that's a big thing, isn't it? Moving the ball quickly, being able to look after the ball. It's no good getting a, I don't know, a midfielder or a yeah, forward or attacker or whatever in that can't, you know, aren't comfortable with the ball and can't move it on quickly and take too long and stuff like that. So, you know, that, that will help again, I'm sure, being able to recruit players that fit into his style. But yeah, it's, it's I, I don't want to say it's a passionate defence of the style of play. I, I don't mind it. I think it can be effective. I understand the opinions, like you say. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Johnny, about the team selection and, and substitutions as well. I, I, I don't see too much different, really. Different no. to, to, that could have been done. Yeah. What you say now about Sunderland and Sheffield United, you've got to take in, you have got to take into consideration the, op- the opposition. And this is not, you know, sympathising with Albion's under par displays, but... I think this links back to the change in attitudes of Albion sort of standing in the championship pack. I think Albion aren't going to, Albion aren't going to roll the big teams over. You know, um, I think that's something we need to sort of realise going forward. It's going to be even less. Just a final point of Elliot's question. Um, saying there's a long list of tactical, schoolboy tactical errors, he calls it from Carl's Corbin. We can't keep giving him a free pass because of a good first 10 games. I... Again, respect your opinion, but I can't agree that there's a long list of schoolboy tactical errors. Yeah, he's made mistakes. You know, a manager's not going to go through a season without making mistakes, unless you're one of the top boys, which Cole Brand's not. So, I don't, and I don't think it's not that. You said we can't keep giving him a free pass. I think this is a very sort of crit. It is critical of Cole Brand, but and he he's not immune to criticism. No. No way at all, just because he had, they what, what did they win, 9 out of 12 or whatever at home? Or, but I think the, there's a bigger picture, and Albion got more problems than a few dodgy substitutions or non-substitutions from Corbran. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't think we could have ever expected, and I don't think anyone did expect the rate of results to continue. Yeah, it wasn't feasible, was it? Yeah, it would have had Albion in the top two, it just very rarely happens. Um, very, very rarely. However, I don't think we saw the drop off to be as stark, and you know it, it. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have been as stark, really. And if it wasn't, playoffs would be guaranteed when they secured. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the, you know, we spoke already at length on this podcast. So there's there's several factors, aren't there? Um, several factors in it all. And I think, I think the the squad. Uh, it's it's quality, depth overall or lack of, and it's mentality as well, and an attitude are, are all big big factors. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's interesting. Thanks for your question, Ellie. Appreciate that. So good, uh, good talking point. Let's go through the others. Uh, Mark Davis, does Carlos Corbrand rate Livermore? Is he not being picked because it mean it could mean a contract extension? I don't quite get that second part. Um, I just don't I think, think he. Re- I think, Johnny, it's, um, it's a reference. Think. Oh, if it, yeah, triggering a contract. It's, it's triggering yeah. yeah. Good, yeah, good, good spot, Mark. It, it is. More I, 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 uh, I travelled back last night with, with Joe Chapman from, from Birmingham Live, our co- press colleague, and um, we were sort of discussing this one briefly. And the, the bottom line is, we, you know, we don't, don't know the minute details of those clauses and things like that. Um, obviously, one happened with Bartley. Um back end of last year around the World Cup right before he got injured to to extend his stay at the Hawthorns for another season for next year. Livermore's situation, he very much on the periphery, hasn't he? Very much left out of out of favour in terms of featuring in championship football. And we've seen him on the bench a little bit, because, largely because there's no one else, you know, unless you turn into kids and at, at times yeah, he's, he's had a couple of niggles, which has meant youngsters on the bench, but I think it's I think it's the former of that question, really. I mean, we we we've hardly seen him in the league since Corbrand's first game in October, and 
you know, the, the head coach hasn't said that, but to me that points to he's had a look and just doesn't think it's right for what he wants or needs in terms of what what Livermore would bring to the side. Now, you know, Livermore as a as a as a professional, as a sort of leader and captain, it'd bring a lot to the side. I think it it'd bring that you, you talked about, you know, that that leadership and experience, Johnny. I think Livermore to a point, you know, I think he brings that to a side, really. Um I know, look, I know he he likes a strong late challenge and you know discipline record and stuff like that. But at least you know, it's showing that fire in the belly, isn't it? From you know he, he's he's done previously, but I think I think he would bring that. But obviously Corbrand's seen something or seen something that Livermore doesn't have from a football side of it that, that he, he doesn't want him involved. And it's been it's been interesting and it's a shame to see his Albion's spell sort of you know long Albion's spell, great service sort of peter out like this. Really, I mean I don't know if we're going to see him at home against Norwich um, Saturday tea time, whether he's going to make a sort of late cameo from the bench just to get a bit of applause or, or likewise away at Swansea. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if Corbran will think about it like that, probably because the still top six is somehow still on the line. I've, I I don't think there's, there's probably time for sentiment in that regard. But yeah, he's obviously highly, highly, highly unlikely to, to remain around next season there's absolutely zero evidence of why he would be you know be offered a new deal even without the financial situation of the club so um yeah i, I would yeah, it appears that he's not fancied look don't get me wrong i'm not saying that there's not a factor with an a, a appearance you know, triggering a clause or anything like that i'm not writing that off but yeah very interesting how when just when johnny speaks for the next question i'm actually going to have a look up and see see when livermore last got on the pitch in the um in the championship because it's been a long old time and and that in itself is very interesting yeah uh, Q, qpr i don't know i've got it here i think johnny qpr yeah. away in yeah. early november which was something like corbrand's third game he came off the bench later on exactly the fifth he came on in the 89th minute and yeah. that was the last time Livermore was involved in championship action. Three FA Cup appearances since, um, yeah, two Chesterfields and Bristol City. So, um, yeah, very, very huge drop-off. And he has been asked, and Corbyn regularly praises him. But, yeah, obviously there's, there's something there that the head coach is, is not interested in using. Thanks for your question, Mark. Appreciate that. Uh, a couple from Carl Burkett, and then we've got one from Alan Love to finish off. Carl, um, can you actually see us scoring another goal this season, let alone winning two games, but devoid of ideas trying to fill in the pitch? We do. We 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 look we look like we're not confident, Carl. I think I don't know what you think, Coxon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It ties in with uh, we we're talking about squad and players looking spent earlier, you know, physically and sort of emotionally, and a bit sort of resigned and um, passive to it all. Yeah, and exactly what I touched on about you know those moments, those decisive moments, both going forward and at the back. Just and again, I remember saying it on the video last night. It feels like Albion need, you know, wonders to score, doesn't it? They need sort of chance after chance after chance, or and and it's not a side that create bucket loads of chances, is it? You know, it's not a high scoring, free scoring. Um, heavy chance creating side it, it just isn't um, so that's not an ideal sort of concoction when you're not you need a lot of chances to score but you're not a side that creates a lot of chances and you know th that's why that's why no players in double figures for goals I think Thomas Sante's on nine now I think obviously DK with seven is out I think Swift is up to seven last three of those have been penalties um, there's no regular sort of free scoring striker forward there is there and maybe until Albion you know are able to get one of those from wherever and you'd think the most likely source is alone wouldn't you like, like a, not necessarily Cameron Archer but someone of his ilk the gems are very hard to come across um will Albion possibly be a have a free scoring striker or a lead goal scorer but I, I do think when you're not a you're not a heavy scoring team with heavy scoring players I, I do think you know, there's, there becomes a general lack of belief in the front line that it takes more to score a goal. And when chances go or chances don't come, heads drop that bit more and they, they feel harder to convert. And I think we've yeah. seen that. And yeah. you know, the, the general inconsistencies over the last three months, Johnny, really. Um, 
have have affected every, every player. I think you know, not not just the ones up there scoring goals, trying to score goals. Yeah, just one on uh, on Jed Wallace here. Um, is it me or have you boys noticed over the last few games, particularly last night at Bramall Lane, that Jed Wallace looks distinctly un- uninterested? I'm beginning to wonder if he realises he could be on his way to raise funds. That's a sort of left field question. I'll leave that one to you, Coxie. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, we touched on it earlier, haven't we, regards Wallace um, probably feeling spent, feeling jaded, he's tired. He's, no one can accuse Wallace of not giving... It all this season, I would say. As I say, started every every game. Um, never doesn't put a shift in, does he? He, he hard running. You know, still tracks back. Um, I think you can see it in his in his face. Sometimes he he wears his heart on his sleeve. You can see the frustration on his face when it's not happening for him, or when he's legged it sixty yards back to to try and get the ball, and then has to go in the opposite direction again, and doesn't quite get on the end of a through ball or something um yeah i think i think he's tired spent i mean we'd we'd be speculating about the left field side of it wouldn't we about the the fund situation i he gave that telling interview didn't he to our our colleague rob gurney of of radio wm a couple of weeks ago was it it was after qpr 2-2 wasn't it i think johnny um and yeah, obviously the, the disappointment and frustration was very clear in that interview. And it's very clear all over his face when things aren't going for Albion. Um, the, meh, perhaps, perhaps Albion need a few more players of that Wallace Ilk who show the care, you know, how much it, it hits them and hurts them and how much they care. Perhaps, I don't know. Um, but I, I think it's more just the disappointment and the frustration that, of, the, of letting this slip and go, of letting the chance go. Um, although it's not gone yet, but, you know, some players might feel it as and not believe that it's possible anymore. And it's that disappointment that we're seeing um, sort of hit the players now and why they they look sort of, yeah, resigned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, final question, Anna Love, we're unlikely to reach the playoffs on current form. So who are we keeping and who are we trying to move on now? I've seen a lot of this on social media last night. Well, and this is one for the summer, surely, Alan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lengthy-wise for the summer, um, but just briefly, and I was thinking about it on the way home as well. Um, we've seen a lot of people say, oh, we need a reset, and it was the same last summer. So there's two sides to this coin, one positive, one negative, that I've been thinking about. I've got a list in front of me of Albion contracts. So if we go down and you talk about people you want to move on, I'm going to talk about everyone, so I'm not going to single anyone out. Josh Griffiths, 2025, Palmer, 2026, Button, 24, O'Shea, 25, Ajay, 25, Bartley, it says 23, but he's obviously triggering an extension. Um, Keen Bryan, 23, out of contract. Eric Peters, out of contract. Townsend, 25, Furlong, 25, Gardner Hickman, 26, Yakushley, 25, Chalaba, 24, Livermore, out of contract. Swift, 25, Malumbi, 25, Albrighton, out of uh, end of loan. Reach, 24. Rogic out of contract, Diangana 25, Wallace 26, Phillips 24, DK 26, Grant 26, Thomas Asante 25. If Alvin fans are thinking there's going to be sort of a bit of a reset this summer, it's going to be difficult because these players are under contract. And if you finished 10th and 10th in the championship for two consecutive years, you're not going to come and command a, a, a good figure for these players. However, there is like well, in my theory, there is there could potentially be a little bit of light in this if Albion were wanting to reset. We know that Albion might have to sell, or well, probably will have to sell this summer. If clubs are looking at these players, so say for example, you've got an Albion player and he's worth five hundred grand. That club, say there's a club who's interested in him, might come and say, you know what, Albion need the money. We'll give him three fifty or three hundred. Albion may well take that deal because they need cash and they need funds coming in. So the Albion's financial situation might just work in favour of them if Corbrand wants to overhaul his squad, if that makes any sense. But my my stronger opinion is it'll be the former and it'll be difficult to change this squad because, let's be honest, under previous regimes, Albion have handed out long contracts like their suites. They've rewarded, they haven't rewarded failure, but they certainly haven't rewarded brilliant success you know and 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 it's they're, they're sort of it's coming into roost now it's not like 
Albion have got a lot of players out of contract. You look at all them players, you know what I mean? Carlin Grant, 26. Let's be honest, do give Carlin Grant a five, six-year contract. You know, who's giving out these deals? You know, we've got one here. Darrell Furlong's contracted for another two years. Townsend's contracted for another two years. Um, Ajay, 25. They're not, a lot of them not even out of contract next summer. So it's it's going to be an interesting one. It might work in Albion's favour, but it might it might not. Um, so yeah, there's a lot on that list. You'd probably have an opinion on, and we'll certainly talk about that in the summer. But yeah, it's, I think if we're, we're thinking it's going to be an overall, there might well not be. Albion might not be able to physically overhaul their squad. Yeah, I think um, yeah, it's all it's all interesting stuff, isn't it? About about that, and you know, you can look on it in in different ways, can't you? As you say. There were players there you, you spoke about. I mean, yeah, and players not really close to Albion's first team picture and Corbrand's first choice, yeah, if he had everyone available. Adam Reach, as as a random example, um, he was he was he was uh, potentially going to be let out in January, wasn't he, for a loan? I think it was, it was Wigan um, on the agenda. I seem to remember reports. Um, Look, and he's a 2024, I think, out of contract next summer. Now he he's a useful squad player, utility man who, you know, Carlos Corbran has already shown he could be willing to to move on. That players, that, that clubs, sorry, at this level, the bottom end of this level certainly, uh, maybe top end of level below. And you know, I'm just using him as an example. I could use you know many names. I mean. I'll get on to Grant in a sec, who's a slightly different example, but he's a player that clubs would be interested in, I think. You know, not not a terrible age, still, well, I think he's, he's just turned 30, but still in decent years, um, can do a job. And, you know, you, you would think would be looking to to move on to play football. Uh, only got a year left. Could go and be a regular somewhere else. Um, and thus Albion could get a bit of money for him. Now, obviously, it's not, not going to be a lot by any stretch at all. However, it's some cash in and is off the wage bill. Um, th- there are some examples of them, aren't there? There are other examples of, of that. Um, you know, not necessarily a Jay is another name mentioned, is there? But the loans that have been out this season, Kipper and Moat, Johnny, they're interesting yeah. in this regard, aren't they? For obviously players who haven't previously been on the agenda and, and might bring in a little bit of cash potentially and obviously off the bill grant you know carlin grant um clubs at this level would would take carlin grant when they would take his goals uh he scored goals um <laughs> albin i'm sure you know tried to let him out on loan to swans didn't they in in, in the winter now i'm i'm sure if they got a I'm, I'm sure if they got an offer they'd they'd look to to move him on to let him go for a bit of cash again how much it's hard to say and again, to get him off the wage bill, because I'm sure he'd be a reasonable earner. However, the, the, you know, there are intricacies there, aren't there, of the big fee cost from Huddersfield and the fact that Albin is still paying that um, and, and have only just about paid half of it, I believe I'm right in saying. Something like that. Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it, that would be a case of some that have, have to be worked and you know, Grant's potential new club taking that fee off Albin, so they're no longer paying it. So it wouldn't necessarily be cash in, but you know, you're not paying, you know, you're no longer paying Huddersfield and you're no longer obviously paying Grant. Um, there, there are players, aren't there, Johnny? You know, Kipra has had a good season at Cardiff. Cardiff hadn't had a, a brilliant season, but Kipra has done pretty well. You know, you, you think they they might be interested in taking him. Moet, not so much at, at Borough, but, you know, he's a player who's done well at clubs previously, Barnsley, obviously. And again, a player that clubs might look at and think, well, he can come and be a starter for us. He can come, we can, we can get him at a reasonable price reasonable wage he's surely unlikely to be happy at Albion and he it can be a start for us and there are other examples I think um, without going through it off the top of my head of course we've got the players out of contracts you know we expect likes of Livermore Rogic you know, Kean Bryan to go um, yeah. uh, keepers David Button an example potentially um, the, uh, there are players that clearly Corbyn will be happy to happy to move on before wanting to have to look at losing players he doesn't want to lose players that are he'd like to build his side around um and i think these players while you know not doing it consistently and successfully for albin will be attractive for other clubs and also other clubs will think they can get him at a reasonable cost i would say and and yeah albin uh, will be making a loss on some of these players and but you know in in, in albin situation they'd be happy to 
happy to hear offers, won't they? Happy to get whatever they can and you get them off the books. And ultimately, all of that, hopefully, is towards the head coach putting together his own squad, building his own squad, bringing in players um, that, that fit his ideas and, you know, more. And, and that should all be a boost. Now, we know it's it's not as simple as that. You know, it's not like a game of FIFA or football manager when the finances work like that. We know Albion's, well, we know how murky and unclear Albion's financial situation is. You know, the accounts laid clear that, didn't they? And um, and obviously having to take the MSD loan. So there's a lot to it, but there's a lot for Corbran and Ron Gourlay and, and head of recruitment Ian Pierce to get plotting for the summer. And look, we've been saying for a couple of months, we don't know what, what division Albion are going to be in next season. I think we're... We're pretty clear, aren't we, at this point that Albion are going, you know, unfortunately going to be in the second tier again, and uh, and planning, I'm sure, will will be going on accordingly. But look, there are players that can be moved on here. It won't be easy. Yeah, it won't be easy. And there there are no funds around either. You know, in the championship, certainly below that. However, I think there's some, for the want of a better phrase, wheeling and dealing to be done, and you know, to 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 pinch to pennies to, to make some cash back to to clear the wage bill to make things happen to make good you know to get affordable freeze on you know that you don't have to pay the earth for uh all challenges but um yeah i'd back Corbrand to identify a player as i've as i've said before thanks for your questions baggies fans finally coxie i'm going to finish this off you got you got 15 seconds to give me your answer to this yeah good luck Two games left, two points behind. How do you see... I'll give mine. You give yours and I'll give mine. How do you see the last two games playing out results-wise? And how oh. are they going to get in or how much are they going to miss out by? Well, I'll be drink, drinking uh, German beer when I'm in Swansea, mate. When, yeah. when you're in Swansea. So, um, uh, how do I think? I think I think four points and, yeah, clearly not enough. Four points. And, and I think that's a I think that's a win Saturday evening, and I think um, struggle to a point in South Wales. I had four in my head before, but and I think Albion are going to miss out on goal difference. I think it's going to be that tight. I think it's going to be that tight. Seven's going to get to goal difference. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be the lowest bar we've seen. Um, hopefully, you baggies fans have got a bit more of a positive attitude. I'm usually glass half full when it comes to Albion, but I think we're all just sort of waking up to the realised realization that Albion aren't just as we said throughout might well they are they haven't been good enough and they're just not good enough to get in the playoffs this season. Thank you very much for listening to the Baggies broadcast. Um sorry if you were down beat listening to this you'd have been even more down by the end of it but hopefully we'll get a win on Saturday and we can sort of look into Swansea with hopefully a bit of hope. But it's the hope that kills you and in typical Albion fashion we'll probably be sort of travelling to South Wales um a week on Monday with the, with that hope. Um well, that remains to be seen. Thanks for listening. Until next time, from me, from Coxie, boing boing. Boing boing.